Welcome to the Coach and the Therapist podcast, where we discuss solutions to life's problems from two different, though related, perspectives. Each week, we pick a topic such as anxiety, depression, or weight loss and offer our views based on our training, background, and experience. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to, share, and subscribe to this podcast. For more information, head to my website at vanessachristensen.com. Hey, welcome back to The Coach and the Therapist. Um, Today, we're going to touch a little bit on boundaries. Um, The first question actually is, what is it? And I think there's a lot of confusion on that. Um, I know that most of my clients, they really like to throw this word around a lot. And um, my first question to them is, what is it? So um, do you want to explain it or do you want me to give the explanation that I came up with? I think you can give your perspective. I think we have different uh, views on what boundaries are or at least how deep it goes. So yours is probably more appropriate to begin with. Okay. So uh, what a boundary is when I explain it to a client is that it's deciding ahead of time what I will do if someone is in violation of my personal, physical, or emotional space. And um, that can be um, lots of different things, but um, that's my definition that I give them. And then I go into explaining a little bit more into it. But what's yours? So I think we're probably on a similar page with some of that. Um, I try to look at it at a more emotional or, or deeper level on that. So really when we're talking about boundaries, what we're referring to is the, the separation between people. Um, so it's closely related to differentiation, which is the idea that you can see yourself as separate and distinct from another person. Yes. If you have poor differentiation, if you can't see yourself as distinct and separate, then what will happen is that there's emotional um, bleed between two people. Right. So if you, if you know, like, let's say that you're very close with your mother and mom gets mad, then you have to get mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've worked with a lot of people who don't really have any awareness that their emotions are completely tied to other people or to another person. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you would say that they have really poor boundaries. Um, like their mental wellness, their mental health, their mental state is connected and tied to another person. So having a good boundary or what a boundary would be in that case is the idea that you can see yourself and your mental functioning as separate from another person. You can witness a good boundary when somebody can witness another person having an emotional reaction and not go along with them. Right. Not mirroring it. Right. Or feeling it, I guess. Yeah. So there are a few different ways to look at boundaries, but at least in the realm of therapy, I'm looking a lot at those kind of mental and emotional boundaries. Um, because when those are weak, people tend to struggle the most. Right. Um, well, yes. So I guess I was just going off of like the actual description of uh, definition, I guess. Um, but where we would actually even start with a client for uh, boundary type things is to um, very much first mention that our emotions are tied to our thoughts and not the other person, right? And so that's where we do most of our work first. And so that's why I mentioned that clients like to throw that boundary um, word a lot, especially at the very beginning, <laughs> because um, when they first come to see me, they, they're very much in that place, which you would describe as poor boundaries. Um, and for me, it's awareness of that our thoughts are actually what's bringing on most of our emotions. And it's not the actions of the other person. um, It's just our thoughts about the other person 
or like that they're saying words or that they say that they're angry or if if we are seeing that they are angry um, our thoughts about it is that then it brings on those emotions and then our actions yeah a lot of times when people talk about boundaries they're not really talking about well, actually, they don't really even know exactly what they're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> what they what they know is that there's another person, and they, people people very commonly will say another person has poor boundaries. I don't hear as much people say I have really poor boundaries. Right. Unless they're just struggling with self esteem or something like that. But a lot of times people say, "Oh, this person just doesn't have any any boundaries." Right. Which means that they are doing something that's causing an emotional reaction in me. Right. And I don't like that. Exactly. So they need to have better boundaries which means they need to stop making me feel this way. Right, which goes into my next like little point that I said, when should we not use the word boundaries? <laughs> which is, um, which is, I think, where most people actually use it. Uh, and it's to tell people to do something or to change their behavior. So that's when most of my clients, actually, I would actually say every single client that comes up to me that has said, okay, well, they just have poor boundaries or I need to have a boundary kind of situation in this, um, with this person is that they want the other person to change their behavior. And so therefore that's why they want to set a boundary. And I'm like, well, that's not actually what a boundary is. So that's when we go back to, let's actually first touch on how we are not actually tied to this person, right? And our thoughts. So it's creating some of this drama that we have in our head and in our body with the feelings and um and then also um that that's actually not my definition of what a boundary is and it has nothing really to do with changing the other individual it has everything to do with the control that i have with my actions and my um ability to either remove myself from the situation or create something that's going to stop my to actually kind of give that buffer kind of what you were explaining like the difference between that person and me yeah yeah the the process by which this occurs is always kind of interesting to me um i've worked with a lot of people that have examples of how this works that they'll they'll think that they're talking about one thing but then i actually will say like no that's actually really a boundary issue and they won't really know that that's what it is right so they'll talk about boundaries in a way that isn't really boundaries but then when they really are talking about boundary issues, they don't even know that they're talking about boundaries. Yes. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, I think because boundaries is just one of those kind of like psychological terms that or words that people throw around a lot that actually don't really understand. So um, it's kind of like whenever, I mean, I know that you like flinch every single time when someone goes, oh yeah, I'm just OCD. And it's like, oh are you really though? <laughs> like, it's just one of those things. It's like, no, I'm really clean. I like things clean. It's like, that's actually not the definition of OCD. So same thing with boundaries. It's like, we constantly throw that word around thinking that we know what it means, but we actually don't. So yeah. they stopped doing that though. When I started to respond with, that must be really hard for you and your family. I know, which I totally use now because you, <laughs> I can't remember. It's like probably like 15 years ago when, um, uh, you actually mentioned it 
actually it was probably even longer than that where you're just like yeah that's that's not something most OCD people don't actually boast about that and also second thing is is like that's actually a really painful thing to go through so it yeah, must be very hard OCD for you. is miserable yeah but people oftentimes will use that term as a, almost a point of pride right like oh I'm just so OCD what right. they're really saying is like oh I'm really clean yeah yeah but uh, but that's not uh that's that. not really what that means. We're, we're diverging a bit. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess just to prove the point that boundaries is kind of like uh, not really understood. And that's, I see it with actually almost every single client of mine, especially when they actually bring up the word boundaries. So. Yeah. I, and to give an example of like what, you know, like I, I've had situations where I'll work with people and to give an example where they, it actually is boundaries, but they don't know it's boundaries. Um, I was talking to somebody and they said that they had gotten a text message from an old colleague. Mm-hmm. And that old colleague had said things that that they felt like they were being baited. Mm. Um, and they, they normally would have responded to it, but they came back and said, I think I'm just being baited. Mm-hmm. I don't think I need to respond to this and I don't think I need to engage. Yeah. And I said like, hey, that's a really good example of having good boundaries. Right. You can see the mental separation between you and that other person and you can make decisions based on your own understanding and your perspective without having to be emotionally influenced by somebody else. So I said, hey, you had good boundaries in that case. And they're like, ah, oh, I never even like thought about boundaries as being something like that. Right. So um, actually, uh, I have a great example as well. Um, I have, uh, it, and it's not just one client, but it's really interesting how um, usually it's like a daughter, a daughter-mother kind of thing. Um, and it's not like, um, like small child I'm talking like adults so a mother and a daughter um, like a mother has said like you know well if she comes over like I just between certain hours like I just don't really open the door because I'm at work and she knows that and so that's just the thing is that she cannot come over during those hours because I am I'm a leader and I'm constantly on Zoom calls and I'm doing like work. So I'm like, hey, that's a good boundary. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. And so but same person is like, yeah, well, you know, blah, 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 and this and that. And it's like, well, she keeps coming over and she doesn't have good boundaries. It's like, no, 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 you're missing it. You have a great boundary already there. Like you're actually following through on a boundary. Your daughter is just having some kind of, you know, she just keeps repeating the behavior, but you already have, if she comes over during these times, then I just don't answer the door, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think I think you can put a, you can put a parallel in terms of like countries, like countries have boundaries. If you determine, or if you ask like who's supposed to defend the boundary, the country is supposed to defend their own boundary. Right. You don't expect the opposing country to defend your country's boundary. Right. You know, so like if we ever go to war with Canada, <laughs> you know, oh like <laughs> we defend our border, they defend theirs, but we don't expect Canada to defend our border. Right. So we talk about boundaries. You know, we oftentimes are saying like, oh, Canada's got really bad boundaries. Right. Well, so what? Like it's not, it's okay. not their job. Anyone who's listening in Canada, <laughs> we are not trying to attack you right now. <laughs> it, so we, we could say that the U.S. had poor boundaries too, but nobody, <laughs> nobody's going to say that it's Canada's job to defend our boundary. Right. You know, right. we, we defend our boundary. That's what we do. And, you know, like that, that's just a way of, of showing, like if you spend your time trying to defend your own boundaries and 
enforce where you where you end and other people begin, mm-hmm. you'll always get way further than trying to get other people to help you enforce your boundaries. Yeah, so actually let's talk a little bit about what most people are actually thinking are boundaries. It's actually, uh, we talk about it, I think, at our house, like as requests, like, you know, you ask something to be done. And if it doesn't get done, then it doesn't get done. You know, it's that's not for me to then say a, hey, by the way, if you don't get this done, then you're going to lose your phone. That's more of a consequence. It's like a request and a consequence um, situation. Um, and that's actually like within like families, like with young children or, you know, that that's when I think most people are trying to are kind of messing up some of the things of like, well, I'll just have more better boundaries with my spouse or with my children. And I'm like, um, nope, let's actually like step back a little bit and actually just say, these are just sort of requests that you're making and that could have consequences if they don't follow through. And, um, and that's not a boundary issue, which is uh, definitely much more along the lines of, um, someone physically um, taking advantage of you or um, hurting you, right? Um, emotionally um, taking, um, like in the sense of attacking, like yelling and, and things like that as well, or um, or just time. Like um, that's one that I, I come up with the most with most of my individuals, which is because most of my clientele are, are um, more like, uh, older women who are dealing with either adult children or like adult or, or mothers and things like that or or co-workers um, so let's just say that you have um, you're trying to get things done and you're back in the office you're not remotely anymore and you're you have uh, someone that keeps coming to your office and um, taking up some of the time that you're trying to get things done so um sending little boundaries in that sense of like, oh, nope, we're not talking about that right now. Like I have these things right now. So I say a sentence to this coworker of like, oh, I have time during this time to talk to you about that. So that's actually a boundary um, because again, you're the person that's setting the boundary, not the other individual. And you're not trying to change their behavior. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't really talk about it, and you've kind of alluded to it, but you, you can also talk about just physical boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like what what is and is not okay to do with regards to my personal space or my body. You know, like some people love hugs, some people don't. Right. You know, you can, you can have physical boundaries on top of mental and emotional boundaries as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you were you were planning to talk a little bit about the if-then kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's a piece that, that should be recognized with that of boundaries do largely boil down to what what you state up front is going to happen mm-hmm. and then what the consequences are if that is not what happens. Yes. Um, so um, before we even get to the if-then, it's kind of like we first should actually figure out um, – what exactly is a violation of a boundary? Like for you personally, like what would be the violation of a boundary? So let's say, let's go back to that hug um, def- uh, situation. Um, I'm okay with hugs from, I don't know, certain people, I guess. Um, I'm not okay 
with hugs from people that I don't really know very well, especially like right now, let's actually use COVID as an example. Um, I don't feel like, especially if I don't know you and actually just in general, like if you're not within my immediate family, like hugs are kind of out of the, out of like my comfort zone. And so I don't do hugs right now. So, um, I need to be very clear with either myself or other individuals that, um, what that, um, boundary is. So, um, we don't always have to be out loud with our boundaries, but um, if for physical type things, um, let's use the hug for example, I can actually say if I see someone coming in for a hug, I can actually, oh, okay, I need to have this maybe boundary for this individual. I'm like, oh, actually right now I'm not doing hugs, but we can totally like elbow bump um, to greet each other or to see each other. Um, yeah, so that would be. Yeah, I do think you you have to be willing to communicate your boundaries to other people. Oh yeah, of course. I, what I mean is, I guess let me explain that a little bit better. Um, so I don't always have to give out everyone in my space a like clear definition of my boundaries. Like there, I have a very clear definition of if I'm out. Um, on a busy street um, and someone punches me, I'm going to call the police, right? That's a boundary that I have that I know that if someone punches me, I'm going to call the police. Um, But I don't walk on the street and say, hey, by the way, strange person that I don't know, if you punch me, I'm going to call the police. Like, that's not, that's not a time where I need to announce to people my boundary of being punched in the face and, um, and you know calling the police now if it's much more within like personal relations like i know the person and it's happened before or if you are feeling like there might be a threat of it you can then clearly say if you come towards me physically i will call the police so that's the difference between the two what i was meaning yeah, I guess I, I guess the thing that comes to mind is that you there are there are implied or implicit boundaries, mm-hmm. and those are ones that we sort of assume that everybody's going to know and understand. Yes. But then there's also explicit boundaries where you do have to tell people what you what you think or believe or feel. Right. So that's when you start to get into more of the nuance of it. But you know, like like I might I might say to somebody you know like if, if you're upset that doesn't mean I'm going to be upset too and and if I'm not upset that doesn't mean I'm not your, that doesn't mean that I'm your enemy right but I'm going to have a, a mental boundary between what you're feeling and thinking and uh, what I'm thinking and feeling oh I like that I don't, I've never actually used that uh, with a client but that's that's actually really insightful because um, usually for us it's much more like along the lines of physical type things like well, that's mostly what I've been dealing with. And of course, the separation of their actions are their actions. They're allowed to do whatever that they're going to do because they're adults. But my thoughts about it and what I make it mean and all those type of things is for me to take responsibility for my emotions and uh, also as well. Now, if the individual is very upset that you're not upset, with them, then that's when you can actually clarify, 
look, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that you're very upset, but I, I'm not, I'm here to support you, but that doesn't mean that I have to be upset as well, physically and visibly upset as well. I can be supportive. Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> yeah. I can, I can um, just be very aware of, of your pain that you're going through. Yeah, you're getting into kind of a society-wide problem at the moment, which oh. is more than we can tackle at this oh point. Oh my gosh, yeah. But the idea that support and agreement are the same thing is oh. a huge problem. Yeah, we talk about that a lot at our house, don't we? Yeah, because people people will say like, well, if you're not angry too, then you don't support me. Right. Or it's like, no, I can I can support you and not be in the same emotional state as you. Yeah. You know, like I can, let's say you're angry because some injustice injustice has been done. Mm -hmm. I can go with you to the police. I can help you with seeking restitution. Like I can do all those things without joining you in that same emotional state. Right, 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 right. Yes. And um, I, yes, that's almost like a whole nother podcast. But yes, you did use a word that I always use with my clients and um it's one that they're like i'm like it's a really important word and they're gonna be like okay i'm ready and they get their pen out and i'm like okay you ready yes and is the word and um you used it so you can be hurting and i can still be supportive but not actually be angry with you but I, the and word is very important there. Like there can be two different experiences. Um, and uh, that doesn't take away though that you're not supporting, you know, like if you're not feeling the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to boundaries too, like an, an emotional transference is a huge issue. Okay. You know, if I'm, I remember this when I was teaching, like I, I would have this uh, orientation meeting. In the orientation meeting, there was all this information I needed to give my students. Um, and I would have that all prepared, and I would be all anxious because I knew that if they didn't understand this material, that they would probably fail and not be successful in the program. Mm-hmm. So I would get up there, and in 10 minutes, I would lay out all of this information for them that they needed to know. And at the end of it, I would always feel so much better. I'd be like, so glad I got all that information out. And it was probably the second or third year that I did this, I looked out in the audience, and I realized that they all looked anxious beyond belief by the time I was done. So I felt better, they felt worse, because I had dumped all this anxiety and they had poor mental boundaries because they accepted it. Mm -hmm. They took it. I handed my anxiety to them and they took it. And after that, I kind of tried to figure out how to like help them to not leave that anxious. But it was a very vivid example of how like, I can take my emotions that are unpleasant Mm -hmm. and I can seek to transfer them to other people. There are a lot of people that will do that, and if you have poor emotional boundaries, you'll just accept it and take it. Right. Well, yeah, so you're touching emotional boundaries where all my clients, the first thing I ever teach is to be an emotional adult. (laughs) Uh, Your first thing is to realize that no one can make you feel anything. Um, And so the first thing is to actually say it's what you're making it mean, your thoughts about it, of like the words that they're saying and the actions that they're saying. And so um, the transferring of emotions, like I, I know that you can raise the temperature in the room, but you can very, very clearly the other, the other people in the room. So one individual can like raise the, the temperature in the room with like their words and, and their, and um, 
their actions, like, you know, like if they're acting like yelling and things like that, yes, the room will actually be raised in temperature of like anxiety or, or those type of things. Um, but um, what's most helpful is to actually then think, all right, clearly, what am I making this mean? This is possibly a dangerous situation. And so I'm going to now um, try to assess and try to make clear how I want to act, not from anxiety that's being brought on by the actions, um, but by clearly saying, okay, I feel danger, so I'm going to now walk away. I know that that's a lot of things to actually think about (laughs) in a sort of hostile situation, um, which is that's why it's great that our body just reacts in a fight, flight, or freeze sort of situation and where there is no thoughts. Um, But if there is actually a situation where someone is just yelling, you can actually then have the thought process of, okay, they're yelling. Is there a dangerous situation? Okay, maybe, maybe not. What are the actions I want to take? And then calmly, it's, it's something that, I mean, we won't get into it, but Mant teaches this, where it's uh, definitely like you assess it, you're the person in control, and you try to bring back down the temperature of the situation. Wow, we are going all over the place with this podcast. But, <laughs> no, but I still think that the idea is there that a strong mental boundary is when you don't feel the heat when somebody else is trying to raise the temperature in the room. Right. Yes. And so that's where... Um, before we even get into boundaries, we talk about um, the the difference between that person and us and how we take responsibility of our own emotions and um, and where they come from. And it's like our thoughts. And so therefore, they are separate from the other person. It's not that it seeps out from them into us. It's much more of this kind of idea of, I'm very aware that my thoughts about their actions is what's bringing on this emotion. So then how do you think it is that somebody will set a boundary or can set a boundary? Okay, so once we do that and we become a little bit more aware of the differences of um, like, for example, having the daughter come over, this person was feeling pretty bad that she felt like she was a horrible mother for setting that boundary um, and just saying like, you know, she's, the daughter was upset and, you know, pretty livid. And so she was upset. So mentally she didn't actually have that boundary. So we needed actually to work on the idea of separating the two individuals and it's your thoughts about, yes, okay, so you're feeling like you're a bad mother. That's a thought, right? So let's actually work on that. Let's actually process that. And so we spent a lot of time uh, dealing with um, understanding that sometimes we are bad moms and that's okay. Sometimes we're great moms and that's okay. And it's just, that's the human experience. But in this point in time, her being upset about it is just you having a very clear boundary. And we can actually then focus on the fact that this is a boundary and not that you're a horrible mother. Let's work on this thought process of you being a horrible mom and so we will then build a model around that and um and really just sort of uh work through that sit with that emotion and actually separate the fact that the boundary is not the thing that's bringing on the emotion 
Um, it's her thoughts about what her daughter's doing because of her boundary. So that's how I would process that um, if um, there's no boundary put in place clearly because this one woman actually had a very clear boundary already put in place but she was still feeling bad about her daughter's actions we would actually um, talk about her daughter's actions and not about her boundary Um, but if there is that emotional uh, fluency I guess going back and forth uh, feeling like um, what her daughter if that were to be the situation if her daughter was upset and so then therefore she would let her in I would clearly then say like all right let's first talk about the fact that she can't make you feel anything it's your thoughts that are creating this emotion and we spend quite a bit of time uh, working through that and then we would then set a boundary Um, and the if then and then understand that we're not trying to change her behavior and we need to separate even if she doesn't follow through um if if she tries to get in and gets upset there has to be a separation of there they can do whatever it is that they want um they can react and act in any way that they want but um the boundary is set there and our emotion isn't about the boundary it's about what the action is going on with the daughter does that make sense mm-hmm. um we're coming up kind of on the the time frame that we usually try to set for these. Is there okay. anything else you want people to know? Um, yes. Um, so I really, the three things of how to set a boundary is first actually to understand what is a boundary. Then uh, to be clear about it to yourself and others, um, if needs to be done for others. Um, and then do an if-then statement is um, to yourself, write it down. Um, I think writing it down is very important so that you can actually be very aware of, of that boundary. And then um, the third and final, which I think is probably the most important, is the follow through. Um, if you don't follow through on it, um, then you actually don't have a boundary. Uh, you haven't set one. And, um, and it, even if you vocalize a boundary, it won't be taken seriously if you don't follow through on it. Yeah, I think one thing to keep in mind is that when you do set a boundary and you begin to enforce it, people will always try to escalate the situation to get you to break your boundary. Right, which is where we would spend some time with um, understanding our thoughts about their actions. Yeah, and if you don't see that coming, then you'll think that you're doing it wrong or that it's backfiring or whatever. Right. When in reality, that's just an extinction event. It's just behavior that is programmed. And in order to distinguish it, it's going to escalate, and then you have to kind of stick with your boundaries before people will begin to respect them. Right. Yeah, so I think the, the main thing is that uh, most people think that they're trying to do boundaries, but they're actually not, and that's not when they're following through. And then sometimes when they are following through on a boundary, they don't even know that they are. So um, the definition that we gave and a little bit of the talking that we did today hopefully is a little bit more insightful as to what a boundary is and when to set one. Yeah, and then how to uh, stick with it even when it gets difficult. Yeah, which a lot of times, actually, it would be almost every single time it will be difficult. So. Yeah, until you get people that, until you get people kind of trained to respect and respond to your boundaries, and then it actually becomes just second nature for people. Yes, and also it's very freeing for you. Um, and very, actually, it actually uh, helps with um, 
intimacy of uh, relationships, you can actually have compassion for yourself and the other person as well, especially when you understand that their actions are definitely coming from an emotional place and they have very many thoughts of the boundary that you've put in place. And so you can clearly see like, yeah, you have, you can have compassion that they're having a hard time with it. So. Yeah. If you want to learn more about some of these topics or other things that relate to uh, mental wellness or life coaching, you can find us at vanessachristensen.com or also on covenantfamilysolutions.com. Thanks guys. Talk to you later.